He's a very funny man, and it helps save his life. You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Robert Schimmel, one of Comedy Central's 100 Greatest Comics and author of the new book, Cancer on $5 a Day, Chemo Not Included. How humor got me through the toughest journey of my life. Mr. Schimmel, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. It's nice to be on. Congratulations on your new book. Why did you choose this title, Cancer on $5 a Day, Chemo Not Included? Because I wanted people to know that picked it up and looked at it that it is about me going through that, but I am a comedian, and there are some lighthearted things in there and you know I mean the first publisher said how about like you know my unplanned journey stuff like that and I said that's great if you're Deepak Chopra or Wayne Dwyer or something but for me I mean I want them to know that it's not going to be something too intense and that you can't you know read and the only other choice I liked was when bad things happen to seemingly good people. I loved your book I read it in one sitting, and it made me laugh, and it made me cry. And I think you blended the profound and the lighthearted beautifully. Oh, thanks. I was laughing and crying writing it. (laughs) I can imagine. What are doctors saying about your book? I've heard from some doctors saying that the message in the book for them is about having the right frame of mind, the right attitude, and, and, you know, not letting go of a sense of humor. And it really doesn't make any difference about whether it's cancer or not that you're dealing with. It just so happens that that's the thing that I was dealing with. But I think that that could really apply to just about anybody. You know, I'm a lucky guy, and I have six children, so I could never really have the luxury of being able to afford a substance abuse problem, and I don't drink. But I went to a few meetings with some friends to see what it's like, and, you know, the serenity prayer is a real thing. I mean, I think the hardest thing for most people that I've met going through this thing is people surrendering to the fact that there are some things in life that you have no control over and they're not connected to punishment or, you know, what did I do? And, you know, if I would have done this, maybe this wouldn't happen. That you just have to say, okay, this is it. And I'm going to do what I have to do to get through it and move forward. You dedicated your book to those who have fought the fight. The dedication reads, think positive, keep the faith, find something to be thankful for each and every day, and laugh. Take it from me. Laughter is the best medicine. Explain how laughter helped you. Well, it helped because I wanted to make other people laugh when I was in the hospital because it was important for me to know that even though cancer was doing what it was doing to my body, it could not touch my soul or my spirit or more my sense of humor. And, yeah, I think that laughter is healing, but I think it's also healing for the person on the receiving end of the laughter, too, not just the people laughing. You need to laugh. And, you know, I'm not going to say I wasn't scared when I went through what I went through, because I was. So I think you just hit a point where only so many things can happen to you in your life. And then you just have to laugh and say, okay, you know what, this is just the way things are. And you deal with it, and that's it. You know, my daughter, when I got diagnosed, said, Dad, it's not fair. And I said, there is no such thing as fair, unless you're talking about a state fair or somebody's complexion. 
other than that, just because you're good doesn't mean that something like this can't happen to you. They're not one has nothing to do with the other, and I think that's you know. And I don't have time to go through denial because I started chemotherapy two days after I was diagnosed, so I really couldn't be sitting around thinking this isn't really happening to me. When they put a pick line in your arm and you start chemotherapy, you know you're not dreaming anymore. Tell us how you use laughter in the infusion room. Well, the first time I walked in there was at Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I walked in, and it reminded me of that poster, The Evolution of Man, except in reverse. You know, there's a mirror and a sink when you walk into this room, and there's about 30 people in there. And I passed myself in the mirror, and I looked. And I look completely healthy, because until you start treatment, you don't look sick. That's from chemo and you know, radiation, not from just from cancer itself. And I see people in different stages of what they're going through and basically looking down the line at what's going to happen to me. I sat down, because they said you could sit down or lay down when you get your treatment. And I said, no, I want to sit. I sat next to a guy. I said, how you doing? He said, how do you think I'm doing? I have cancer. And I said, well, so do I. And he said, good for you. And the nurses came over and said, why don't you change your seat? Because this guy's got a really bad attitude and he's angry at the world. He's taking it out on everybody. And you don't need that in your life. You need to be positive and have as much positive energy around you while you're going through this treatment. And I couldn't change my seat because I wanted to know why he was the way he was because I didn't want to turn into him. And it became a challenge to see if I could make him laugh. And I asked him if he went to any support group meetings, and he said he didn't believe in them. He didn't want to go in a room and hear people, you know, complaining about their own stuff. He said he's scared enough about what he has to go through. He doesn't, you know, need it. And I said, well, you know, I went last night because I wanted to be prepared for today. And there was a lady there that was crying, and she said, you know, I'm going to start radiation and chemotherapy, and I'm going to lose my hair, and I don't know if my husband's going to find me sexy anymore. And I said, I was looking at this lady thinking, if you think the hair makes a difference, your problems are bigger than the radiation and the chemotherapy. And this guy started laughing out loud. And the nurses came over and said, what did you say to him? Because we've never seen him smile before. And 21 days later, when I came for my next chemotherapy, he was saving a seat for me and told me jokes. And I think the reason why he laughed was because I went somewhere with that material that was darker than the normal person would go to, because joking about that topic isn't really funny. But that's where you have to go. It's almost like they say you have cancer and you get desensitized. You know, a knock-knock joke's not going to do it at that point. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me is Robert Schimmel, one of Comedy Central's 100 Greatest Comics and author of the new book, Cancer on $5 a Day, Chemo Not Included, How Humor Got Me Through the Toughest Journey of My Life. Mr. Schimmel, in the book you write, you love your doctor. Why do you love him so much? much. I love my doctor because he was very straight with me and put things in perspective so well, so many different different ways and times that I started out, I think, with the right attitude because of him. When I got diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, he had a legal pad. He drew a line down the middle and he said, Robert, there's Hodgkin's disease and there's non-Hodgkin's. He said, I wish I could be telling you that you have Hodgkin's and I said, you know, that's just my luck. I get the one that's not named after the guy. 
And when he said, you're going to start chemotherapy and, you know, you're stage three and told me that if the treatment didn't work, that, you know, basically for about six months, what I have is if you, can, if you don't stop it, it's, it's not one of those ones you can have for like years and years. So I started having an anxiety attack and I asked him for a, a Xanax or a Valium and he said, absolutely not. And I said, why? He said, because that's not on the protocol for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I said, I don't want a prescription. I just want one just for right now because I'm like freaking out. And he said, well, Robert, who wouldn't after hearing what I just told you? He said, but if I give you the Xanax now, tomorrow morning when you wake up, the Xanax is gone and you still got to face the lymphoma. That's not going to be gone. And he said, so let me ask you something. If you're fighting someone for the heavyweight championship of the world, what would you do? You'd hire a trainer. You'd get a nutritionalist. You'd have a sparring partner. You'd wake up early in the morning and do road work. You'd get videotapes of all of your opponent's fights so that you could study them and know everything there was about him. So when you stepped in for the battle of your life, you knew all of your foes' strengths and weaknesses. He said, wouldn't you do that? Or would you take a Xanax? And that really put me in the right frame of mind. I thought you made a great point that when you participated in those treatments, you had some peace. And if you had an hour of peace here and there, yeah. that's a great thing. It is. You know, the Mayo Clinic was great because everything's pretty organized there. It's the first time, you know, when you go in and you're going to get treatments and you get an itinerary. It's, I've never had an itinerary before. I think you could have the best doctor, the best medication, be in the best hospital, if your attitude's not in the right place, then, it, you know, you're just fighting against that stuff. And even when I got chemotherapy, I knew that I could put on headphones, listen to a comedy CD for an hour, or watch a comedy movie on DVD, and I would get lost in it and laugh. And all those things did wind up being an escape, and you need that. Because not only are there the sides that are hard to deal with, with the treatment-wise, but then you have a whole other thing, and that's your parents and your family and your friends who don't know what to say when they come in the door. I mean, if your door's closed and they walk up to it and they're taking that deep breath before they turn the knob and they're going to walk in, they're going, oh, God, what am I going to see when I come in here? And I think that if you have a good sense of humor and you can make light of what you're going through or make light of anything at that moment, that you basically, you let your friends and your family off the hook emotionally. And then they think, you know what, this isn't as bad as I thought it was, and they can go back to being themselves around you. I mean, you do have bad days when you're on chemotherapy. I mean, it's not every day is in a picnic, and you're entitled to have bad days. And some days you're not in the mood for a 24-hour cheerleader. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's pretty hard to take. You know, I've had some friends have asked me, what do you do? And I said, don't do that when you visit someone because if you're feeling really bad and your friend comes in and says, hey, two more treatments and we're going to be out on the golf course drinking beer and doing this, then in your head you're thinking, wow, this is really great. Now i got to put on a happy face for this guy because he can't handle what I'm going through. And instead of him being a shoulder for you to lean on, you have to be strong to him. And it's kind of weird to have to carry somebody else and keep yourself up at the same time. And I do love doctors, but uh, not as much as nurses. Because doctors, they do their guest appearance in your room for two, three minutes at like, you know, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. And then you don't see them till the next day. 
when it's 2 o'clock in the morning and you're having those anxieties about, boy, if this treatment doesn't work, then what? Then you got some nurse that's sitting on the edge of your bed with you and holding your hand and telling you other people's success stories, and it's about the closest thing to having your mom go through this with you. And I have the utmost respect for nurses. I know what some of them make, and I know it's not for the paycheck that they're doing it because I wouldn't do some of the stuff they do for the money they make. Robert Schimmel, thank you so much for joining us to discuss your new book, Cancer on $5 a Day, Chemo Not Included, How Humor Got Me Through the Toughest Journey of My Life. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions at ReachMD.com, which now features on-demand podcasts of the ReachMD Library. Thank you for listening.